It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Party time here on the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Appreciate you being here. Our guest today is somebody I have wanted to talk to for a really long time. The last time I spoke to our guest before this interview was back in June of 2017. At that point, this is a kid fresh out of high school, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, mom a junior high principal, dad who had a brief stint in the NFL, great offensive lineman at NC State, a guy that everybody told me was a tremendous athlete, including a general manager going through just his second major league draft. This guy's name, Joe Adele. The number one prospect in the Angels system, sixth overall rated prospect by Baseball America. He is almost unanimously in the top 10, uh, no matter where you look across the top prospects in the sport. Joe Adele is right there at the top of the list. This guy is widely considered to be somebody that projects as a future all-star in MLB. He is the best prospect the Angels have had since 27, since Mike Trout. And it's a big deal uh, to have Joe Adele not just on our show today, but the fact that this guy is rising through the Angels' ranks. Finished last year in AA. He's been invited to his first ever Major League Spring training, and he's going to be there in a couple of weeks when uh, position players report. We will be there as well. So we're going to have our big uh, spring training finale of Halo's Hot Stove coming up at that point also. Started last year in Low A, where he was only there for 25 games. Spent most of last season in High A, in Inland Empire, where he played 57 games with the 66ers before finishing last season with 17 17- games the double a level in mobile now for joe adele he was exceptional everywhere he went even playing in double a which billy epler calls basically an extension of the major league club he said that about triple a and for double a that anybody there can be basically at the major leagues now adele hit 238 in just 17 games in mobile but in that brief time at two home runs drove in six but one of his home runs came in his very first game playing uh, with the bay bears He did have 15 hits in those 17 games and scored 14 runs. So he was getting on base, even though his batting average uh, was lower than he would have liked. But for him, it was really his first taste of any kind of failure, but still able to have a pretty great amount of success at that level. And from being around the sport, the people I talk to, they say that aside from the jump from AAA to the major leagues, the next biggest jump 
is from single A to double A. That is widely considered a massive leap. And for Adele to experience that last season and play 17 games in double A, he would presumably start this season in double A. He went through three levels last year. I think that's a great sign for Adele. And I don't even read too much into those numbers, which were good, and and he had a lot of success there. But, But that's not the important thing at this point. The important thing for Joe Adele is development. And his development is downright spectacular. Let me just say this about Joe Adele. The sky is the limit for this guy. And as great of a baseball player as he is, as great of an athlete as he is, you're going to learn here in just a couple of moments how great of a person that he is. So get comfortable, sit back, relax, enjoy our conversation here now with Angels' top prospect, outfielder Joe Adele. All right, this is a guy I know that a lot of Angel fans have been wanting to hear from for a long time. He's the Angels' number one prospect, getting ready for his first big league camp with the Halos. Baseball America calls him the sixth best prospect in all of baseball. In my book, he might even be higher than that. Joe Adele, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, my brother? I'm doing well. How you been? Hey, last time I talked to you, you had just been drafted in the first round, hanging out here at Angel Stadium. You and Griffin Canning were like on a tour, checking out the place here at the Big A, like your first day as an Angel. And now here we are talking. You're on the eve of going to your first major league spring training. I got to imagine this is a really fun time for you, man. No, it's, uh, it's very exciting for me. Um, I think the big thing going into spring and, and the thing I'm most excited about is is really getting the chance to, to kind of be a sponge, you know, to soak up uh, as much as I can and and really just learn from, from, from what I'm doing and, and really learn from the big league club, the, the major league guys, guys that have been there for a while. And, and uh, you know, I've been asked a couple of times, like, you know, do you feel pressure to go in and perform? And, and really, you know, my big thing is, is, you know, I do what I do on the field, and and spring training is 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 getting ready, getting your skills ready to go. And and for me, I don't I don't view it as something to feel pressure about. I mean, I I think it's a great opportunity and an opportunity to to really just learn as much as I can and and get a feel for the big league club. What an approach, by the way. I mean, if everybody took that approach to spring training, I think it'd be awesome. I know the competition is always a part of it, but for you, I mean, you have, you've had a really quick rise through the Angels system, and it seems like there are some guys that, you know, when you draft them in the first round out of high school, you kind of know, all right, look, we think that this guy can be major league ready, but the fact that you're already there and you're not even – what do you, you turn 20 in a couple of weeks, a couple of months still? I mean, I mean it, it's pretty crazy the fact that you've been able to rise this quickly through the system. How would you describe how the journey has gone over these last, you know, like year and a half with the Angels? <laughs> uh, I won't lie. It's been crazy, uh, but crazy in a good way. Um, you know, before I even played my first professional game, um, obviously last time when I, when I met you and, and we talked, um, I was able to talk with Billy for a little bit, and and he just told me basically the the way the system works and the way he's planning to work things is is you know he's not going to hold anybody back. Um, his whole mindset is, and the front office mindset is that um, if you show that you can handle the level that you're at and you can handle the competition, that you're going to move. You know, when you show that maturity level and the ability to to make adjustments and to handle the competition. Um, then he's going to continue to challenge you. 
and and that's really been you know the reason that I've I've moved the way that I have is it's a you know continuous challenge. She's continuing to challenge me as a player, uh, challenge me mentally, and 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 put me against the uh, the best competition, and and that's what he's done. And 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 hats off to everybody in, in the front office for believing in me and my skill sets to be able to do that. I think that's a lot of pressure for some guys, though. Is it is it for you? Um, for me, I, I kind of view I kind of view pressure in a different way. I think I think pressure um, is something that you put on yourself when the expectations of yourself and and what you think that others um, should see out of you and should see from your play is what causes pressure. In my in my own personal opinion, you know, I go out and I know my capabilities and the game of baseball and how many games there are. Um, I know there's going to be days where Joe Adele doesn't live up to his potential, and that's just the reality of it. I mean, that's that's the way the game's played, and, and that's just how it is. But for me, it, it definitely is. I mean, there are times where you feel a little bit like you want to show more than uh, than than what you do show, and you feel pressure sometimes. But for me, I think it's I think pressure is is self applied, honestly. Yeah. I totally feel you on that. I, I 100% know what you're talking about. That said, Baseball America hasn't ever called me like the sixth best prospect in the sport, and Angel fans haven't said that I'm the best prospect <laughs> that this organization has seen since Mike Trout. So, again, my life, the pressure might be a little bit differently, but it's cool hearing uh, you, you say that right there. Man, speaking of Mike Trout, uh, what's your guys' relationship like, and um, what do you expect to be able to take from him here coming in this big league camp? No, uh, me and Mike's talk, talked a couple of times since, uh, you know, the first time that I met him, I was actually at a free draft at Angel Stadium, and uh, he was actually hurt that time with a thumb injury, so he was in town watching um, some of the prospects the Angels were looking at to draft, and I happened to uh, happen to be there, obviously, and, and uh, you know, the, the first impression that I got of him was just, man, this is just an all-around just great dude, you know, and it, it, it gave me that feel of, um, you know, those kind of those little league, um, really excited, really jacked up to play the game of baseball. That's exactly, you know, the vibe that I got from him the first time we met. Just a guy who is, um, very excited and wants to win and full of energy. And, and, um, you know, one thing you'll know about him is, is even from watching on TV, um, he filters his emotions very well when things don't go well. He just shakes his head and just keeps moving forward because that's really the way that you have to play the game. He's setting an example. I mean, his play is, has been completely on a ridiculous level. But at the same time, you know, he's setting, he's setting an example for how to act, um, the type of character that you want to see from somebody on the field. And, and you know, he shot me a couple of texts before the uh, Futures game this past year and, and just really excited for me and, and, you know, to have him as, you know, somebody that's, that's one of my cheerleaders, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. What was that experience at the Futures game like for you? What did you get from that? The Futures game was, I will tell you this, it, is, it was the best baseball event that I've ever been to in my life. Wow. And the reason behind that is, the competition was at a completely unreal level. And beyond that, 
both teams played together and competed like they played with each other forever. I mean, our team, I mean, Team USA, I mean, we were out there, and, and guys were familiar with each other, obviously, at some of the top prospects in the game, but they played like they played together their whole life. We played like we played together our whole lives and competed. And that game meant something to everybody who was on the field. And that's something that you don't really get that feeling too often. You don't get that feeling too often. You come together and you play. And I played in my share of, um, you know, all-star games and whatever it may be. But this one was different because this game meant something to everybody. And and that is, and, and, and obviously along with, Having several thousand fans out there screaming and yelling for the first time in a while felt, felt pretty yeah. good as well. I won't lie about that. <laughs> but um, but that whole experience was was on a completely different level. I mean, you, you performed there. I mean, you, the fact that you hit leadoff in that game, scored the go-ahead run, uh, part of a sack fly as you guys ended up beating the, the world team 10-6 in that game. Uh, but I, I would guess that that game is super meaningful to everybody because it's really the first – I mean, for a prospect, I would guess that is the first really major stage that you are on in the all-star game environment, being around the best players in the world. There's nothing else going on. So all eyes are really on you, and you are kind of seen like big leaguers for the first time, yet nobody is. Everyone is still working to get to that level. And I know like in the major league all-star game, you know, it's it's more of a show than it is a game itself. So for you to perform on that uh, stage right there, I, I think one says something about you, and two, that must have been the time of your life playing like that in that kind of atmosphere. It definitely was. There, there's no question about it. Um, the the one thing that I that I took out of this game when I look back is, you know, I played I played pretty well for, you know, for us to come out on top and to do the things that we did. But the one thing that tribute that that was a tribute to, to how I played was the fact that I wanted to win. It wasn't about you know showing people that I was a good player. That's why. I was successful during the game was because I understood that, Hey, the United States is trying to win this game. And that's what it was. And, and whatever I had to do. And that's why it was a, you know, a sack fly. You know, I, I, I got a hit as well and, and tried to work my way to get on base and to make something happen because we all wanted, we all wanted to win. And that's, that's the most important thing. And, and, and then, like you said, I've heard from, multiple people that that was the best baseball event that they've ever seen. Well, I got to make sure I go to the next one. I, I had fun watching you on TV, but I got to go to the next one in person. We got to try to find a way uh, to make this one happen. Joe, um, let, let's talk about 2018 for you. You start in Burlington, tear the cover off the ball. You're hardly there. I know this because I was like, so for the Angels radio pregame show, I had to give like a, a weekly report on what Burlington was up to. So it was really fun for like three weeks talking about you. And then, and then all of a sudden you were in Inland Empire where you spent a bulk of the season. Then you get those 
those last 17 days in Mobile, you get a chance to play at the AA level, a level that Billy Epler has said before he sees as an extension of the Major League Club, as AA is part of the Angels' depth chart when he's thinking about you know who, what kind of players are going to be in the Major Leagues. Getting a chance to play at that level of AA, a level that I think most people that aren't in baseball don't realize is a really high level. What did you get from that experience? And um, you, I know you had a few failures there, too. So what were you able to take from that? No, for sure. When when I uh, when I got to Mobile, um, I had a really good start. You know, right? The, I landed that day. It was pouring down rain. We didn't know if we were going to play. I'm running on low battery as it is, but you know I, I was so excited to be there. You know to have made it to Double A and to be, be able to play the game. So we played, hit pretty well that game. Hit a home run, which was my first hit in Double A. Was a home run, and um, and then things got a little tough for me. You know the next uh, the next couple of games. Um, you know had a pretty tough series. And I sat back and I looked at what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm looking for, I was looking for at the time, mistakes, more mistakes than what I'm going to get at that level. Um, A lot of pitchers are locating very, very well. I mean, a lot of these guys, uh, when you talk about the competition in the Southern League, is is unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about future, future, you know, number one starters for different clubs. And, you know, being in high A, um, you'd get those mistakes. Somebody would fall behind in the count and they'd, and they'd lay one in, you know, and let you hit it. But that's not the case. You know, there, there's not a pitch that these guys take off. And as I'm looking through film and I'm looking through what I'm doing at the plate, I'm like, I have to be that much more locked in to, to my decision-making, what I'm trying to do, understanding that as I'm looking at film of him, he's looking at film of me. And understand that that's really a part of, you know, this next step. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, once I figured that out, I started to get more and more comfortable with what I'm trying to do. But no, they they definitely do not, you know, take pitches off. Guys are always trying to make a pitch, trying to nibble around the zone. There are no cookies. I mean, you'll get one every now and then, and and you expect to do damage, but... um, but it's one of those things to where it's really starting to get really advanced baseball. And that was the thing for me that, that I had to look myself in the mirror and say, if I don't do anything for the last part of this season, I'm going to go in there locked in with a full plan like I've never had before. And, um, and, that's, and that was my goal from then, and that's my goal from now on. Joe, something that strikes me about you, I want to know how you stay grounded, man. And I look like we talk with about this with Mike Trout all the time, and we talk about Trout's parents, and then your dad, offensive lineman, NC State, gets drafted by the Saints, mom being a junior high principal. How do you stay grounded? I think it's, like you said, my parents. Um, I think where I come from, the opportunities that I'm given, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be in the situation that I'm in, and, and nothing is, I take for granted. I mean, there's so many people who play baseball, so many kids, so many high school kids that, that you know, want to play professional baseball, so many um, guys that don't have a team right now that, that want to play. And, and um, you have to remember all of that, and you have to look at yourself. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, 
you're here for a reason. Make a statement. Don't don't come out here and just flail your arms out and and act like I've made it. You have to keep working. There's always something to work on. You know, keep your head down and stay focused. There's always something to learn. And with baseball being as difficult of a sport as it is, um, there's there's really no room to get completely comfortable. You know, there there really isn't. I mean, the defense has the ball. They're making the decisions. Yeah, that's a game changer. But it's definitely it's definitely a tribute to my parents and where I grew up, um, and and knowing that part of our family and part of our values is is keeping our head down and, and grinding. And that's what it's all about. Are you sure you're just 19? <laughs> I mean, like the, the the maturity that you're talking about right now is is crazy to be able to see the game like this. I mean, you hear big league guys struggle with that, and I just think about. Like your first day in Double A, you, your first your first hits a home run. You're on, you must have felt like you're king of the world getting a chance to do that, and then to be able to take a step back and look at some film. I I, I would just I'm just I'm impressed by um, your your approach to this game. I'm also impressed by the amount of time you spend in the community. I know you and Hunter Green, another top prospect here in Southern California, is originally from, and you guys have teamed up to do some work together. Uh, what drives you to be really involved in the community? For me, I, I when you talk about I talk about two parts. I talk about you know the basic needs. So I'll, I always give turkeys out every year. So this year will mark the third year of the Joe Adele um, turkey drive, and really it's it's to let everybody know that I understand that there's struggles, you know, and, and, and something that I did differently this year was I actually delivered turkeys to families at their house and really got to interact with the community on, on, on that level because it's important. You know, a lot of, a lot of times when, when people start, you know, having success and being successful, especially in the Louisville area, you end up, end up leaving and never coming back. Well, that's not me because I became myself with the people around this area. So being able to give turkeys out to these families and, and be able to hear their story and stuff was, you know, was really touching and, and really made, made me understand that, you know, I'm grateful to be in the position that I am and, and there's a need out there. Um, as far as the baseball side goes, growing up for me, um, it was mainly me and my dad. Um, Louisville, Kentucky, Big football and basketball. Nobody's really talking a whole lot about baseball. And um, it was up to me to really, you know, find my ground on the baseball field and figure out who I wanted to be. And, and, and really, you know, like I say all the time, growing up, I never had a hitting coach. It was me trying to fill my own swing out. It was me working with my dad, bouncing ideas off of him. So when I go back and run my camps every year, and I go back and, and I hit at Ballard during the week and talk to kids there and and um, and talk to some of the younger kids as well. Um, that's an effort um, by me doing something for them that I wish I would have had. I wish I would have had a guy that was close enough in age to me that's, that's had some, some success so that I could go talk to him, work out with him, understand where he's coming from. That's something that I wish I would have had. And, and so doing these camps, working out with these kids, giving away turkeys is, is me recognizing the people and, and the place that I come from as well as, as being a mentor for kids because I wish that I would have had that. I wish I would have had, 
you know, obviously me and my dad are as close as anybody can be, but, um, you know, just having somebody to look up to and say, hey, that's what I want to be in this sport. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, that That's important to me. That's fantastic. Joe, I think that's incredible, the work that you're doing and to have that perspective and, and to be able to take so much time. Like It's one thing to say those things. It's another to actually go and do it. Talking about, I want to know a little bit more about you and your dad's relationship. And you talk about how close you guys are. How tough was it to be away from home for the first time when you were playing pro baseball? You know, it was, it was difficult. But um, but my parents, uh, my dad, mom, um, you know, even sister, um, I was raised to be pretty independent. That, you know, we, we go to work and we get stuff done. We're a family. We love each other. But at the end of the day, when it's time to go to work, um, sometimes you just have, you have to go. You have to go and take care of your business. And that's from me living with a host family for the first time in 2015 for the whole summer, you know, to play baseball and, and to, and to get better and to learn. Um, so I've already, you know, I've already been one of those guys that has, you know, been away from home and been away from family before, but, um, but no, I mean, it's still always tough though. You know, it is. Yeah. I mean, even though you have to, you know, it's time to go, you know, it's for the right cause, you know, you're, you have to get your work in. Um, you know, it's always tough. I mean, it's your parents. Um, and so, and so, yeah, it's always, it's always pretty difficult, but, but they made it out a good bit to come see me this past year. So, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too, too bad. They got to check in from time to time. That's awesome. Hey, who are your favorite players growing up? Uh, my favorite players growing up, um, I had a couple, okay. a couple, one of them, because I like watching video, loved his athleticism and energy, Andrew Jones. Yeah. That was, um, that was, uh, how I, how I first picked, uh, 25 was, um, was because of, uh, Andrew Jones, just the, the young elite athleticism, just all around, just young Andrew Jones was something special. Um, and being close, so close to Cincinnati, um, I'd always go to red, red games. Sure. So I would be, you know, I'd be at a red game from time to time and be able to see, uh, see Votto and just the way that, um, and the way that he's, he's able to soak the game in and he understands his approach. He understands what he's trying to do, what his game is to a level that, you know, growing up, I'd never seen before. You know I mean? You could physically see with your own eyes that he has a complete plan about what he's trying to do. And that was really, that was really awesome to watch. How much do you take out of a guy like Joey Votto? I mean, in the sense that, like, for all these guys that, like, home runs have become such a, a major part of baseball, and, and, yeah, it's great, and, Joe, you hit a lot of home runs. But the thing that, I mean, Joe, <laughs> Joe like, Joey Votto, one, doesn't strike out. Two, I think I saw somewhere where he hit, went, like, a season and a half without hitting, like, a foul out. Like, that, to me, was pretty – like, that's unbelievable that he was able to do that and have that kind of approach. No, it's um, that that's pretty incredible, and you know I think I think the reason why I love his game so much is because it's the type of game that not everybody not everybody in the stands goes crazy over, but it's but it's an awesome type of game that he plays. It's an unbelievable type. If you know what you're looking at, you know that is unbelievable baseball. It's not the 500-foot home run that gets everybody off their feet and jumping around and screaming, but it's that, you know, opposite field line drive where he's choked up with two strikes and taking a, 
a middle away fastball over shortstop. You know what I mean? And that is just that's beauty. That's beauty for for if you're looking at it and you know what you see, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Joe, I could ask people at Baseball America what some goals are for you, and they'd give me one answer. And I could talk to some people here around Angels Baseball. I can go up to Billy's office and go walk around, and I could ask them what are some goals for you. I could talk to our fans and ask them the same question. And I think all of them would probably be different. What goals do you have for yourself here in the next couple of years? Um, a goal a goal for me in the next couple of years um, is to continue to be a sponge. I talk about that all the time, but the more information that I get as I'm coming up and as I'm as I'm going through this whole process um, is the more information that I'll be able to give back to somebody else. You know, some of the younger guys that are coming up through the organization, and and that that's how you win. That's how you win when you can get everybody mentally aware of what's going on on your same level. If I have a story that I can share or if I have information that I've learned from Mike Trout that I can pass on to one of our other young outfielders, that's, that's important to me. And the other part is to, you know, to keep my head down and make an impact, make an impact on the major league roster. And that's, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, we have to win and, you know, to be able to, be a part of the team and and to come together and win is, is definitely is definitely one of my one of my other goals as well. Joe, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day to uh, talk with us here on the radio. I appreciate you. I can't wait to go pick your brain and and maybe hear some of those stories when I see you in Tempe in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you hanging out in Angel Red in the Angel Clubhouse in Tempe, Arizona. Th- that idea is exciting to me and it's exciting to a lot of our Angel fans out there as well and I can't wait to see you, bud. Thanks so much for the time. No, it's going to be great. Definitely look forward to seeing you down there. All right, we'll see you, Joe. Take care. All right. That is one of the most impressive human beings I've ever talked to. I'm just telling you, not just for what he does physically and as a baseball player, but the kind of person that he is as well. I was so glad we had a chance to get him on this show. I can't wait to see him out in spring training. I know a lot of people have questions about this Angels team coming into the 2019 season, and I put this on Twitter. People that want to have uh, people that have questions about the Angels, maybe what you're most excited about for 2019, what are your concerns heading into 2019? I think that's fair to address. So we're going to open up the floor now. We already got lots of people on Twitter. Keep on sending tweets. Use the hashtag HaloSHotStove. You can find me at Sports on Twitter. Best way to do that. Now during Angels Recap, we did this basically every night. So why not Bring it back here for this edition, an off-season version, here on Halo's Hot Stove. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. I really should have a Twitter account. Twitter's stupid, and Instagram is Twitter for people who can't read. Sorry, if it's not trending on Twitter, it doesn't exist. All right, first tweet of our show comes from Jarek Berga, who used the hashtag HaloSotStove, saying, I'm most excited about the high talent ceiling on this team with the stars, emerging stars like Skaggs and Heaney, and the bounce bank and arms from Harvey, Allen, and Cahill. I'm most concerned about the talent floor on this team. With injuries, it's 2018 all over again. Jarek, I would say this, because your concern is valid. 
if there are injuries again, the Angels are going to find themselves in a similar predicament as they were in 2018, as they were in 2017, as they were in 2016. That could go for any team. The Angels could have ended up with every elite pitcher you can find out there. I mean, Justin Verlander could have been added. If he doesn't say healthy, there's going to be a problem here. And the Angels have a lot more organizational depth than they've had in a long time. So, yes, I agree with you. If there are injuries, the Angels could be in some trouble. No question, especially the pitching staff. Because we've been there before. We know this can happen. I would say a couple of things. One, Matt Harvey especially, he had that thoracic outlet surgery, which they say is about a two-year recovery. And he was at the two-year mark about when he really started getting going last year in Cincinnati. So I think that he is finally healthy. Like He is totally beyond that. And even when we had Matt Harvey on the show, we addressed some of that with him. So that's a pickup. That's great. Andrew Heaney is finally right. He finally got to have a normal offseason for like the first time ever, it feels like. But Heaney, now coming into his age 27 season, I think he is poised to have a really big year. Look at a guy like Tyler Skaggs, was dominant in the first half. Then I look at what he did in the month of June, where he was as lights out as you will find any pitcher across baseball, is how good Tyler Skaggs was in the month of June. Can he keep that up over a whole season? Well, no one's going to put up like a sub-1 ERA over the course of a whole season, like what Tyler Skaggs was last year. But his first half was like borderline all-star caliber. I mean, he you really could have made a really solid case for Tyler Skaggs as an all-star in 2018 because of his first half. Again, he was dealing with a couple of injuries in the second half. I think that, that is not going to be a problem here now in this 2019 season and beyond. So if you want to talk about injuries, the Angels have had plenty of them, but I'm knocking on wood here that that is not going to be an issue in 2019. Now, teams can get unlucky. That happens, and the Angels have been unlucky before. We all know about this. Uh, but every once in a while, the luck's got to come back around our way, right? Eventually, sometimes it comes back, right? I do appreciate uh, that question, though, uh, from Jarek. How about this one from Sean Red Brian at Sean Brian 89 saying, which player that won't start this season with the big league team will have the biggest impact this season? The first name that comes to mind for me, and he has a chance to make the team, but if Luis Rangifo doesn't make the squad, I think he's going to be somebody that we see a lot of in 2019, and he can be somebody that I think I think Rangifo will finish the year as the Angels' starting second baseman. I don't know if he starts the year as the Angels' starting second baseman. I think there's still a gap. There's still a little bit of work to do. We'll know a lot more when we see him in spring training. And this is going to be somebody to keep an eye on because that's going to be, that is a position battle that I am very curious about. Because you have a guy in Tommy Listella who I am, I'm fairly certain Listella is going to be on the 25 man just because he can play so many different positions. So even if he's not a starter, like that's the ultimate in utility, guys. Tommy Listella is. Then there's David Fletcher who has an option. But he was so good for the Angels last year, you would think that he would be able to contribute at second base at a high level again this year. I mean, we know who David Fletcher is. We know what David Fletcher does. So if Rangifo is better than that, that's an upgrade for the Angels. It would be no slight to Fletch, but it would just mean Rangifo, who is a, a rising talent, and he is somebody that can play shortstop at the big league level. Like I look at Andrelton Simmons' contract, it's up the same time Mike Trout's contract is. Now, Andrelton Simmons... I will make the argument, 
is putting together a pretty nice case for a Hall of Fame career. I'm serious. Go look at Simba's numbers. Simba is knocking on the door because of how elite he is defensively. Like, unheard of elite defensively. We know this. But because the offensive numbers the last two, three years have been so much better, I mean, I'm I'm serious. He is a... He's going to be somebody that is going to be a fringe Hall of Famer. Seriously. And who knows what he does the rest of his career. And there's still a lot of a, a lot of good stuff left from Anderson Simmons. But I think down the road, Renjifo at some point could be the Angels' future shortstop eventually. So let's just say Renjifo makes the team. Then the next guy I'm looking at to have a big year, 2017 second-round pick Griffin Canning. I, I think that this could be the year we see Griffin Canning not make the rotation at the start of the year, but I think we're going to see him at some point. Maybe it's before the All-Star break. Maybe it's not till September. I don't know. But I think Griffin Canning is somebody that projects as a a very, very solid major league starting pitcher, and I think we see him at some point this year at the big league level, and I think Griffin Canning is going to have a lot of success at the major league level. I, I don't want to say it felt like Canning was rushed a little bit because he had gone through the progression at a rate where he had just such great success. I mean, this guy started in A-ball last year and ended up finishing in AAA and was with AAA Salt Lake for a little bit and had some struggles in AAA. I mean, he, he wasn't quite ready yet last year. Uh, if he has a good camp this year, though, and, and maybe starts the year in AAA and, and is able to you know get too ready, that maybe you know, a couple months into the season here at the Major League Club, uh, we could see him pitching for the Angels. I, I think that is not out of the realm of possibility. The other guy, too, is Jose Suarez, another pitcher, a lefty, and we could see him at some point in the big leagues this year. Those are the two, those are the kind of the names I'm looking at for Angels elite prospects that could make an impact in 2019. I think we're still just a little early on Joe Adele. Now we could see Joe Adele in September. That would not surprise me. I would not expect to see him before that. But I've been uh, I've been surprised before. But getting ready for his first big league camp. I tell you, I love Joe Adele. I think he's great. And I mean, you're talking about a guy that you know everybody talks about as being a future all-star. We have to wait and see, though, and we have to also be relatively patient. I mean, he's still 19 years old. And I know Mike Trout did what he did, but but, but Mike is an anomaly. Though Joe Adele is the best prospect since 27. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But as far as 2019 goes, in my mind, Joe Adele is not in the plans for 2019, though maybe at the end of the year, and then who knows. But that's a really good question. I appreciate that question, Sean. All right, let's go one more question here before we uh, get on to something that I've been really wanting to get to. I've teased a little bit, and that's uh, that Picada ranking. Uh, This question comes from Chris Chapman at ChapDaddy76, saying, I know we're just getting started with 2019, but if you had to guess, what would the Angels' starting rotation be for the 2020 season? What would it be? Okay, first of all, Yes, we are early. However, when I think about the 2020 rotation, I have to address this question because I get so darn excited. To have Shohei Otani as your ace, and then Tyler Skaggs as a two or three, they interchangeable there, then to think it. Griffin Canning would have a year of maturity on him and could pitch the major league level and be ready to go. And Jose Suarez, same thing. That could be your 4-5. Oh, my gosh. Then I think about the other arms in this system that could provide so much depth. And then the Angels could withstand just about anything. Gosh, this pitching staff. Like, they're good now. They're going to be great. Especially when you have a guy like Shohei Otani that is a bona fide ace leading this rotation. That's going to be amazing. 
when he comes back in 2020. I'm excited about the 2019 rotation. Seriously, I am. I think that this is a way underrated group, especially if you look at the Picada rankings. I guess I'll get into this now. That do not like the Angels pitching staff at all. A couple of flaws with it. They project the Angels to go 81-81 and 81 this year. So that would be one win better than what the Halos were a season ago, which I, I think is a really low mark for a couple of reasons. One, I think Houston's going to be great this year. okay, And that's going to be the Angels' stiffest competition for trying to win the division. The Angels have to have a lot go right, and the Astros have to have a lot go wrong for the Angels to win an AOS championship this year. I mean, it is a big mountain to climb. I'm not saying it's impossible, though, because I definitely expect the Angels to be a postseason team. I think that they can get a wild card spot. I really do. It's going to be hard to beat Houston. I'm just saying. Houston's great, and they're proven, and we know how good they are. So, I mean, that's tough to deal with. But to say the Angels couldn't make the playoffs, that's crazy. I think they absolutely can. Especially when you consider Oakland, they're down this year. Seattle's way down this year. Texas is a long way to go. Texas kind of been in tank mode the last you know year and a half. So that in itself, with the AL West, that was so great last year, really competitive division last year, I think the AL West is going to be down in 2019, and that's going to be fortuitous for the Angels, finally. But that ranking also didn't include Trevor Cahill in the Angels' plans for being a starting pitcher for the Halos. And that rating also values the Angels' offense as the third-best offense in the American League. So as much as it was down in the Angels' pitching, it was as high on the Angels' batters. And when I think about it, and I think about the combination of you're going to have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Justin Upton most of the season, almost if not close to the entire year. You're going to have those three together and how special that can be. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that trio together in a lineup. And then to have Andrelton Simmons, if you can get back to what you've had before from Cole Calhoun, he had that couple-month stretch where he was great right when he got back from Arizona where the guys that helped him out, oh yeah, by the way, that's the new Angels coaching tandem. Yeah, Jeremy Reed and Sean Wooten, that's who Cole Calhoun gets to work with every day now. That's going to be great for Cole. I expect Zach Cozart to have a bounce back. You can have a healthy, cozy. Lucroy is a upgrade as an offensive catcher. He is as a defensive catcher for sure, but then also offensively. Like, that's a boost. You go around the entire team, and the Angels have places all over where it's upgrade, 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 upgrade. I mean, people are saying the Angels had a sneaky good offseason. I'll take away the word sneaky. Billy Uppler had a great offseason. The Angels are a lot better now than they were last year. Are the Angels a 90-win team? I'm not sure. I don't want to go that far. But I know they're better than the 81 wins that they're projected to have. And I can see why the stats and the metrics really like the Angels batting. And I also think that when you're looking at some of those metrics, it's easier to project hitters than it is to project pitching, especially pitching health. And if you're going to take Matt Harvey's sample for all of 2018 last year, you're not going to like it as much as you would if you just took what happened in Cincinnati. But we all know there's a lot more to take from what he did in Cincinnati than if you look at his entire 2018. Because he had some awful starts in New York, which really jacked up all those numbers that inflated everything, which is a problem when you're looking at the numbers now on his year as a whole. So yeah, I'm not crazy about the ranking. I mean, I respect that. I think there's something to a lot of these metrics. I can see why the hitters are liked. I can see why the bullpen's considered to be a little bit above average. But I, they have the Angels' defense and the Angels' starting pitching as being concerns, and I don't, I don't agree with that at all, especially on defense. I don't even want to get into that. 
And I think the starting pitching is seriously underrated. I think that these starters can have a really good year. Do want to get to this? It's been a tough week for the Angel family, really for all of baseball, as the game of baseball lost a legend earlier this week with the passing of Frank Robinson at the age of 83. Frank Robinson actually has some Angels ties. Not only one of the great home run hitters in the history of the game, one of the greatest players ever, an iconic manager who was the first African-American manager in the history of baseball and an outstanding manager as well. Frank Robinson's impact on the game of baseball cannot be understated. And I mentioned with the Angels, he was a part of the Halos Club as a player in 1973 and 1974 and then came back here as a coach in 1977. So Frank Robinson, who is known mostly for what he did in Cincinnati and Baltimore, but does have some angel ties as well. And, and the entire baseball community uh, mourns together after the passing of an icon and a legend, Frank Robinson. That's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. I invite you to check out some other podcasts that we've had as well from conversations with Keenan Middleton all the way back at the start of the offseason. Went to Houston, hung out with Justin Anderson. That was a really fun conversation. Had an incredible chat with Billy Epler in studio. Check that one out if you haven't already. So many great interviews. Uh, Justin Upton, who we talked to, that was last week. We've had Andrew Heaney, Zach Kozar. It's hard for me to remember all the ones we've had because they've been so good and i invite you to go to our webpage angels.com slash podcast check them out make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're not already doing that if you are a subscriber thank you it is sincerely appreciated and if you wouldn't mind rating or commenting on any of these podcasts that'd be appreciated too uh, of course you can rate on itunes I, that's how i do it when i do podcasts send me some tweets as well you can send me an email trush at am830klaa.com another way to get a hold of me be sure to join us next week really good show coming up next week we're going to talk with new angels closer cody allen plus angels play-by-play man on tv victor rojas is going to join us uh, on the next show the radio show is going to air seven o'clock on valentine's day so if you don't have valentine's plans you can always spend it with me listening to halo's hot stove or just hang on for another couple days for the angels recap podcast have a great rest of your day thanks again for listening i'm trent rush talk to you soon Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.